Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. October is Scary Movie Month once again here yes. on Popcorn for Dinner. This one is an even more special <laughs> Scary Movie Month. Uh, it's not even just Scary Movie Month. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween Month. Yes. Oh, what an exciting <laughs> month this is going to be. Yes. Uh, to, and obviously we're talking about Halloween, the franchise, mm-hmm. started by, of course, John Carpenter's 1978 movie, Halloween. Right. Uh, that movie we will not be doing simply because we have both seen it a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we both own it. We do. Yeah. Uh, we went and saw it in theaters, yeah. yep. uh, the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. But we are going to go back to the original release timeline. That means that the movie we start off with this October is the 1981 American slasher film Halloween 2. Simple enough. Yeah, yeah. Pretty straightforward. Uh, One of my favorite things that I literally like just uh, discovered, because I didn't really look at the Wikipedia page beforehand all that much, (laughs) but the poster for it, which I'm assuming is like one of the original theatrical release ones, has Halloween 2 at the top, pumpkin with a skull face on it, but above it it says, all new. As though to like assure people yeah, <laughs> that this, it's not just the, the the first movie again. Yeah, trust us. <laughs> and what's hysterical though is that that's wrong. Yeah, because uh, Halloween two is, as the tagline states, more of the night he came home. Mm-hmm. It's one of those rare sequels that you can really only do once. Yeah. And only if your movie ends like on a dime yeah. where there's no like 15 years later or any kind of shit like that mm-hmm. where you can start off the exact same night. Yep. Halloween 2 takes place on the same night as Halloween, mm-hmm. which is a fun conceit that I've always really liked. <laughs> uh, and watching it again this time, I realized that that is the stuff I like the most. And then once they start, once it really goes into like the hospital and all that kind of shit, mm-hmm. really lose focus. Like I'm, I'm kind of in and out at that point. Like, <laughs> eh, all right, there was a death scene. There's a whatever. But yeah. it's the stuff that they really do like moments after mm-hmm. uh, the ending of the first movie that really gets me. Like, oh shit, that yeah, yeah, they would have to keep looking, wouldn't they? They'd have to. Oh man, you know. And oh, and Sheriff Brackett, he'd have to hear about Annie at some point. Oh God, like it's it's. A really interesting way to not just yeah. be like, and that movie ended, and then two years later, Michael Myers shows up again. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. It kind of it it lends the movie a sort of like artificial flow that's already happening at the beginning because it mm-hmm. starts with like the last two minutes of Halloween, essentially. Yeah, where where Michael attacks Laurie one last time, she gets <laughs> his mask off, Loomis shows up, shoots him out the fucking window, mm-hmm. uh, which I always thought was the backyard when I saw Halloween. <laughs> And then in this movie, they like sort of clarify or perhaps just like change because they don't give a shit Mm -hmm. to make it the front yard, which I always thought was kind of weird that like nobody, nobody saw anything. Like if it was into the backyard, you could maybe expect it. But like gunshots are going off Mm -hmm. and no one's like, what the fuck is that? Holy shit, a dude fell out of that house. Like nobody. On that's Halloween wild. night. Yeah, like, on Halloween night. It's It already seems a little far-fetched when the movie starts. <laughs> that's one of my biggest gripes with things happening and Michael getting away with so much before the hospital. Because I'm like, it's fucking Halloween night. Why is no one around? Why are these people sleeping? Like, right, yeah, it's, it's difficult to ascertain exactly when, time-wise... 
Halloween ends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, so the parents aren't back yet mm-hmm. to, you know, for the kids that Lori's babysitting and all that. So it can't be too late. Yeah. For the ending of Halloween to happen. So, like, yeah, the dude next door comes out in his fucking pajamas. Yeah. It's like, it is 930. What are you doing? Like, yeah. it does not <laughs> seem that late. Yeah. Which I guess, like, for an older guy, like, but he wasn't <laughs> he was, that Yeah, he old. was not that old. He was like a 40-year-old man. Like, yeah. this is not some, like, like, grandpa. You're a party pooper. That's what this is. <laughs> Essentially, Haddonfield's full of party poopers. Yes. Uh, the the descriptor on IMDb for the movie, which is like a pretty obvious, like kind of if if it's taking place immediately after Halloween, then you can kind of guess pretty much every part of it, <laughs> which is that while Sheriff Brackett and Dr. Loomis hunt for Michael Myers, a traumatized Lori is rushed to the hospital and the serial killer is not far behind her. Uh, she's sort of rushed to a hospital. Sort of. Uh, it, and it's, like, it's a <laughs> the well, hospital's huge in this movie, like in terms of. What is wrong with the movie? Where I felt they went kind of astray. The location itself is just like it's like the it's like a hospital in the Bermuda Triangle or something. It's like somehow there's nobody there. Yeah. There's no other patients. There's one drunk doctor. Yeah. They keep calling it a clinic. Yeah. But all of the signs say hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like none of it makes sense. Yeah. I have a <laughs> lot of problems with this hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like That's what, the way like, that it's run, who's in charge. There's one security guard. One who, terrible security Who guard. also does the maintenance. Apparently. Oh, man. There's like five babies, but no mothers i was like how are how are three nurses taking care of babies Mm -hmm. like there's only three nurses in this whole fucking hospital and they're like all the babies need to be kept alive make sure that's happening yeah and whatever apparent patients that are supposed to be here but aren't yeah because you never see any other patients nobody who was here before Lori. nope no one who's like oh you gotta go check on old man jenkins he's been here a while you know like nothing nobody else the only other one was the mother bringing her son in who... Yeah, with the razor blade in his mouth. That's what it was. Yeah. I couldn't tell. They were completely pointless. Yeah, they like, left. They, they left got to leave. They, they yeah. went in, and then the nurses were like, the doctor will be here in a second because he's drunk. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then later, the kid and the mom just leave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, is this... Because like, like... I honestly, I kind of forgot everything about it. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That's a terrible way to put it, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember every little thing. So I was yeah. like, does he kill a mom and her kid? I don't remember anymore. But yeah, they just leave. Yeah. And it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Their tires don't get slashed. Yeah, I guess. Well, because Michael wasn't there yet. Exactly. So, so they got lucky. The movie is only an hour and a half. And like going through it when I was when I was really thinking about it, I'm like, man, you could lose a lot of this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it that I really don't like. Kind of once they're done doing the like search of Haddonfield kind of shit mm-hmm. it kind of loses me like w- once they get to the school they go to the school where Michael broke in and left the like perfectly staged knife in the picture kind of thing yeah that Which, seemed like a horrible movie setup and not yeah. something he would ever have taken the time to fucking do yeah uh, why is he getting rid of his knife <laughs> yeah exactly like oh I don't need this I'm gonna go to a hospital they got all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. which was another one of my bits that I didn't quite like is the how they like they made him use hospital shit mm-hmm. to kill people. And and some of it just seemed way too, like, just complicated and unnecessary for him. Yeah. Like, being a dude who just, like, rolls in and stabs somebody to a wall a few hours ago. Yeah. Now he's like, you know what I need to do? Give people embolisms. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what? You're going to go through all of that trouble of finding the syringes and then holding them and perfectly placing them mm-hmm. to ensure that they get there? Like, really? Mm-hmm. You're not just going to fucking snap their necks or slash their throats or something? Like, I honestly would have preferred yeah. a little more down-to-earth, like, basic Michael Myers yeah. killing in this one. Because, like, draining that one nurse of all of her blood for no reason? Yeah. Just, like, just so that there's a pool of blood here? Like, Yeah, I, so that Jimmy can slip on it later and give himself a concussion that apparently kills him. Yeah, there's a thing that this movie really gets to it's like the big reveal of the movie it's the thing that actually carries into halloween h2o Mm -hmm. which i find so funny (laughs) that you've never seen this one but you've (laughs) loved the one that is directly influenced by this one i mean because they never say that she's his sister in the first one no in the real first one correct there's a tv version where they hint at it with extra footage that they shot when they were shooting halloween 2 that they put in for the TV version because it wasn't long enough. Gotcha. So there is a version. Like anybody out there might be like, no, there's the scene. <laughs> that wasn't in the movie. That I don't count that. That's bullshit. No. <laughs> <laughs> this was the one that introduces Lori and Michael being brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And like you can kind of make a case for like Lori being a focal point for Michael yeah. in the first movie. Like, kind of, because it's like, oh, he brings all the bodies to the house and hides them and she, like, discovers them, mm-hmm. you know, and so it kind of seems like it's, like, theatrically built for her. Like, yeah. look at all the terror I brought you and spooking her before <laughs> he kills her. But then in this one, he makes, like, a house of horrors throughout the rest of the hospital with the hanging security guard and the mm-hmm. nurse drained to blood and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But when he showed up to Lori's room and just started stabbing. Yeah. He was going to murder her. She was never going to see that shit. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. Like truthfully no. deep down he doesn't like she's not actually important. No. Like as shitty as you know what I mean it's like oh you know when she asks why me. Mhm. I'm like I get it in the sense of like, oh, what fucking tragic luck. Like, yeah. why me? Fuck. Mm-hmm. But not like, why me? Yeah. Why am I important? Like, no, you're clearly not. Yeah. He just murders everybody. <laughs> he murders people who have nothing to do with anything. He murders a girl at the beginning of the movie on the phone. Yeah. For no reason. He's just like, <laughs> well, I'm just going to walk through her front door yeah. and just hide off screen but not like in a spot where you'd think he could be hidden the way that the that first mm-hmm. death scene happens i really didn't like it yeah like, it, like right as it happened i was like oh i forgot about that and that sucked because mm-hmm. like the opening i thought was actually pretty cool once they get past the ending of the original movie and they <laughs> you know and they start doing new shit when mm-hmm. loomis runs out the front door and that dude's <laughs> like oh, i've been trick-or-treated to death tonight and loomis <laughs> like a lunatic just goes you don't know what death is and runs away <laughs> like if he, if he did it a little more like oh you don't know what death is and then it like maybe got close to him and then cut to the next scene loomis seems normal yeah in this scene though he's just you don't know what death is <laughs> just takes off running <laughs> and to this dude it's like who is this guy yeah he's just some random old man who ran out of a house screaming stuff about death and then <laughs> runs off into the night like that dude probably called the cops on loomis Like, there's a madman with a beard. He's bald. (laughs) Sounds kind of British. Clearly out of his mind. Uh, And that's something that I'm very looking forward to for the rest of this month because Loomis goes insane. He is, like, that's one of the great things about this timeline. Mm -hmm. And what's great about the Halloween sequels that I think sets him apart from the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels and Friday the 13th sequels and all those sort of franchises Mm -hmm. is because they always have 
new final girls, new, you know, uh, people to kill, new all of that. Mm-hmm. None of them have that through line character who's yeah. always there on the good side against the evil side. And yeah. this timeline that we are doing, essentially, <laughs> Loomis is there as the foil hunting him the whole time. And it's great. But like as the movies go on, oh boy, he goes <laughs> off the fucking deep end. So this movie is just the beginning of that because he does go kind of nuts at the end of this one. Yeah, he does. Uh, but it gets even more hilariously crazy as oh, it goes on. I look forward to that. Oh, it's wonderful. But Donald Pleasance, I give him all the credit in the world where it's like they knew that they just needed more monologues. <laughs> and so he delivers. They, they wrote him and he delivers them. He's just constantly <laughs> monologuing about like the nature of evil and he's telling characters that weren't in the first movie the shit that he told the characters in the first movie so that they have a reason for him to say it again. You know what I mean? That blonde cop Hunt who shows up. He's like, he's the new cop. He wasn't here earlier. What's this about Michael Myers? And Loomis is like, oh, thank God. Let me tell you. He's got these eyes. You see? Like he just, he gets to do it again for him. And I think he really likes it. But yeah, like... Loomis running around like a psycho meets back up with Brackett. They're driving around. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that wonderful like POV handheld long take through the alleys of Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. That was like that kind. Of, I loved that shit. Yeah, that was so cool. Just seeing it like, oh, and this is the next like we haven't seen him since he you know disappeared from the grass. <laughs> Where did he go? And just showing like his journey around and you know seeing Loomis and. Getting mm-hmm. in the car, but like hiding a little bit so he doesn't see him. I love that Loomis would not stop screaming, I shot him six times. Ah! And I, eventually I just wrote, How many times did you shoot him? I don't, I didn't get that. You weren't clear about yeah. that. That's when he gets his knife mm-hmm. that he only uses like once, which is lame, uh, considering it's a Halloween movie. Yeah. But he gets the knife from the old couple mm-hmm. in their house. Like he fell asleep watching TV. She's making sandwiches. She leaves the knife there. Michael comes in and just takes the knife yeah. and doesn't kill them. No. I wondered if there was anything to that or were they just like, well, it's weird if they're old. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, sad if they're old. He just has a vendetta against teenagers. Yeah. Like, he doesn't that's... like teenage girls and also old security guards. And when he escapes from the, well, he doesn't necessarily escape from the old people. He just kind of walks <laughs> away. Turns around and walks away. Yeah, he turns away. around and walks slowly she out She gets the door. distracted about the news story about him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so, he, you know, it shows him going further through Haddonfield and everything. There's dogs barking all over the place, which I really dug. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the dogs sense him, man. Like, they're not oh, even yeah. seeing him. And they're freaking out. Like, they know that something's around evil is near yeah and i thought that was a really cool touch Mm -hmm. in a movie that had a lot of really cool little touches and just like (laughs) unfortunately lame big chunks of movie (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) but like that was a cool little touch Uh, later on in my notes i wrote down while fucking loomis and bracket are driving around i was like follow the dogs (laughs) like they're driving and they hear dogs barking but they don't acknowledge it at all and it just moves on and i'm like the dogs they're telling you come on (laughs) oh the dogs could have helped trust the dogs always trust the dogs (laughs) oh man so they get Lori to the hospital the giant empty hospital Mm -hmm. like why does this hospital exist if there's no patients in it like 
does everyone who goes to that hospital get to go home the same day? Like they go there, they get their surgery, they go home. They go there, they get their thing done, they go home. They go there. Like Unless nobody's it, overnight, nobody's been there for weeks, nothing like that. Except for the babies. Hadenfield, the mothers go home, but the babies stay. Yeah, right. Haddonfield is an exceptionally healthy town. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh Lori is Lori gets the shaft in this movie, and by Lori, I mean Jamie Lee Curtis. She kind of gets the shaft in this movie of not having all that much to do. Mm -hmm. And when she is doing stuff, it's mostly just like crawling and crying. Yeah. And and keeps passing out. Like it'll be a sequence. Yeah, it'll just be a sequence of her like running and crying. And then she finds a place to hide and like curls up and falls asleep. And then the movie cuts away for a while. Mm -hmm. And then when it cuts back, she gets up, gets chased, runs for a while, finds a place to curl up and fall asleep. Cut away. Mm -hmm. Back to Lori waking up again. Like she's she does nothing. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. She's a little bit just narcoleptic. Yeah. Um, And so then it cuts back to Brackett and Loomis for a bit. And this this (laughs) sequence was like such a fucking roller coaster of confusion and then like terror or not 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 terror or even horror but just like <laughs> just i mean kind of horror but not at like a murderer but at the negligence of the police <laughs> in this movie cuz like at the start of the sequence Brackett is pissed off at Loomis, you know, because they're just like, oh, he's out there somewhere. Oh, we got to find him. And he's like, oh, I shot him. And oh, like they do that conversation a few times throughout mm-hmm. the movie. So I forget when each part of it is said, but yeah. <laughs> they keep talking about that. He's just like, I shot him a bunch. Brackett's like, well, not good enough. And then <laughs> back and forth. You had to have uh, missed. Yeah. No one survived six shots. And Brackett says to Loomis, he's like, you let him out. And I was like, what? Yeah. And Loomis, his only retort was this like quiet, like, no, I didn't. As though he, like, kind of knows he did or something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, am I misremembering the fucking first movie? Yeah. No, I am not. Michael steals his car. Yeah. Like, he attacks him and steals his car. Like, that's a really roundabout way to say you let him out. Yeah. Like, how about you go back to whoever the fuck let all those fucks wander around the yard? Mm-hmm. Like, however all those people got out, which is something I don't think any Halloween movie ever gets into, <laughs> which I think is crazy. Yeah. Because it's, like, kind of a huge thing. Like, if he had a plan to get home on Halloween, did he, meaning Michael, yeah. like, force some kind of escape, like, yeah. multi-person <laughs> escape? That Loomis just drove into blind <laughs> because, uh, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're driving mm. up to it. You expect them to not be wandering out in the open. Yeah. So he just pulls up and he's like, what the fuck? And then Michael fucking destroys the car with the wrench on his hand. Uh-huh. that I don't think he's supposed to have on his hand. It's just a movie <laughs> thing. But I've always loved that. Like, did he steal a wrench, too, to smash the window? Uh, and then, yeah, he leaps in and steals the car and takes off. And. Loomis did not do that. Yeah. None of that is Loomis's fucking fault. Yeah, Loomis was going there to fight for like more security. Yeah, for he was him. like, "We need him dead." Like he was, he was pretty intense about it. Yeah. So I thought it was fucked up that Brackett would accuse him like that. But then it was also kind of fucked up that Loomis had no like retort. That he was just like, "No, like, dude, stand <laughs> like, up for you, yourself." Like it seems like that would be something that he would take like really harshly. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? I let him out like I wanted him in like you'd think he would have like monologued about that but instead he was just like no (laughs) what the fuck was that that was silly Loomis yeah that's not very Loomis of you exactly um and then 
like in in this fucking roller coaster of a scene. So I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then they see the kid walking down the street with the mask that looks similar to Michael's. Yes. And then they sort of chase him down in a way where like immediately it seems apparent this is not Michael Myers. Right. As soon as he like stops and just like turns around and kind of starts like fast walking away. It was like, you'd really think that that would be Michael's move if he was seen by the police to just be like, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen yeah. and walk away rather like that's, a little hurried. That's, like, that's the actions of someone with weed in their pocket. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Shit can't walk past the cops. Oh, yeah, I exactly. smell. He's, in, his, in his mind, he was thinking like, oh, no, I'm going this way. Sorry, oh. it was a wrong oh, street. I, for, I forgot something. I forgot something <laughs> at the party. I got to go back and get it. Yeah, that's what he would have said if they had talked to him and Instead of chasing him into the street mm -hmm. where he is then run over by a cop car doing conservatively 97 miles an hour. Yeah. Like they are chasing him and they think he's Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. Just Brackett and Loomis. Mm -hmm. It's not like they got on the radio and were like, this street him. corner, <laughs> it's him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. there's, there's no emergency. There's no like, oh, somebody down. We need you right here right now. It's literally just like things are going on. Business as usual. We're looking for him, but we're not going crazy. And this yeah. dude's like 100 miles an hour. Got it, boss. It's <laughs> just fucking. Oh, and then he nails the kid, crashes it into a van. Everything bursts into flames. Mm -hmm. And the like burning corpse of this 17 year old kid, Lori's crush yeah. from the first movie, Ben oh. Tramer, is burning to death because of these fucking negligent cops. God, like, they ruined her life completely. Like, Loomis was ready to put bullets in that kid before that car came and killed him. So it's not even like Loomis is innocent of mm -hmm. this. Like, oh, well, Loomis didn't run him over. Like, no, but he was about to murder him. Yeah. Brackett was the only one who had a mind about this. Yeah. He was like, oh, don't shoot him. Like, like Jesus, <laughs> you lunatic old man. Right. Um, but either way, kid winds up dead. Yeah. You don't know this at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, but it's obvious right away. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. There's, there's no getting tricked by that, by this movie. No one's going to be like, oh, wow, they killed him off. What's going to happen now? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's the rest of the movie? There's a line later when his friends show up. Because, like, first, the first thing about it, they, they, they bring the dentist in. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look at these teeth. There's no fillings. This kid's probably, like, 17 years old or something. And Loomis is like, Michael Myers is 21 years old. Like, yeah. oh. He didn't think for a second to be like, does he have fillings? Yeah. He probably doesn't. If he was five or whatever the fuck age he was, nine mm -hmm. or whatever, when he got institutionalized, seven, yeah. maybe. I forget. But either so way. before he yeah, had exactly, all of his adult teeth. Before he even had his adult teeth. And he's not eating candy and soda in the fucking sanitarium. Yeah. Michael Myers does not have fillings. So you, mean, so you would you would not be able to determine it from that. But it was the fact that the guy was like, he's probably about 17, puts that in their brain. So then later when they those two kids run up, and they're like, hey, mister, we haven't seen our friend Bennett Tramer in a while. He was supposed to show up at home. He, how old is he? 17. And then the kids offer that completely unneeded piece of uh, exposition about it. Where it's like, he was wearing this stupid mask. And that's yeah. where they ended. It wasn't yeah. even like he was wearing this stupid mask that he couldn't see through. I'm afraid maybe he got lost. Like, it, it yeah. seemed like they were supposed to expound on that. Mm -hmm. But all they say is he was wearing this stupid mask. Anyway, and... <laughs> like that's all. Like, there's all of you are wearing silly masks, you fucking idiot. It's mm -hmm. Halloween in the seventies. More descriptions, please. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but it's the fact that just that gets Loomis to say seventeen wearing a mask, as though you know he's like realizing like what has happened. And I wrote, 
like there could be no other kids yeah. <laughs> 17 years old wearing a mask in this town. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Like On that, Halloween yeah, night. That's all it took for him to be like, oh, we killed him. <laughs> like you did, but that's not really enough evidence to go off of in this moment. Like, do you know how many 17 year olds in a mask are around you right now? Mm-hmm. In this moment, standing, several. Standing right in front of you. <laughs> in your, yeah, In your fucking like eyeline. Come on, dude. You're being silly here. Um, so they kill the kid and they sort of just like, it's like, oh, the body's on fire. And Loomis is like, I can't be sure it's him. Uh, we need to keep looking and you know, losing his mind or whatever. And that's when Hunt pulls up and gets out of the car and goes up to Brackett. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was actually a really affecting little moment when he comes up and he's just like, they yeah. found three more bodies in the, the house across from the Doyles. Lee, one of them was Annie. And he's like, he's breaking up about it. And then Brackett's just like, oh, my God. And they run off. And I think he says, damn you to Loomis before he leaves or mm-hmm. something. Oh, yeah. Because then Loomis again is like, I didn't, I didn't let him out. Just, you know, <laughs> throwing that out there. It wasn't really my fault, but whatever. I understand you're in pain, but, you know. Still wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, still didn't do it. Don't know why you're blaming me. Misplaced rage. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, like, so they they speed off, and I thought that was, like, a really, like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's something that I never really thought of, and it's something that is, like, piquing my interest a little bit in Halloween Kills that's coming out because, uh, Char- I think his name, Charles Cyphers? Yeah, Charles Cyphers, who plays Lee Brackett, is in Halloween Kills as Old Man Brackett. And in that timeline, since that timeline is just the first Halloween, the new 2018 Halloween, and then now this one, that Brackett has never reckoned with or talked about the fact that Michael killed his daughter. Yeah, You know, they never really go into that. So I'm interested. I'm hoping that he gets a juicy little scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? About like that motherfucker. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm really excited for that. I hope, hope, hope that comes to be. Mm-hmm. Like that would be really cool. But that little moment in this one, I was like, that's the stuff. Yeah. The stuff that you kind of maybe thought about in the back of your head in the original. And now they have a little bit of like extra time mm-hmm. <laughs> to show you. You're like, yeah, it did. Yeah, look at this. Like, oh, fuck. And then they're going to the house and it's kind of intense. You know, they're telling the, you know, the press like, no, not now. Yeah. This is more important than whatever the fuck you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Bringing Lee to the house. And then they fucking, they do the corpse unveiling on the front lawn in front of the press. Mm -hmm. Get in the fucking ambulance. Yeah. Or something. You know there's press here. You just yelled at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't let them take pictures of your daughter's corpse. Yeah. Like, I get it. If he was like, I want to do it, and people were trying to stop him, and he just did it, but they were all like, yep, let's just do this. Yeah. Right? this oh, is- here, here you go. <laughs> yeah, as good a place as any, let, right? Let me get that blanket for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, guys, a little tact. Yeah. I liked his moment where he's like, I need to go home and tell my wife before someone else does. Like, that was good. Yeah. But that whole staging of the corpse in the front and the press and the people, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, just, God. That is around the time my enjoyment of, like, my real enjoyment <laughs> of a lot of the stuff kind of comes to an end. Because mm-hmm. here is when it really kind of flops over to the hospital storyline. Yeah. There's still a little bit of Loomis and the other cop, Hunt, mm-hmm. the blonde cop, who I thought did a really good job. Like, I like yeah. that guy. Uh, I liked that role of like, yeah, there would have to be someone who kind of takes over once Brackett learns his daughter's dead. Yeah. Like it makes sense in the world. 
and he does a good job of like taking over and thankfully i wrote in my notes taking it seriously yeah the fact that later they're like we still don't we can't say that this isn't michael myers this corpse we have here like it might be him Mm -hmm. and loomis is like we can't stop looking on a mite yeah and and hunt is like then we keep looking yeah and it was like thank you jesus i like it's great that they didn't pass it off to some like hard-headed guy who's like there's mm-hmm. probably nothing going on like there's yeah. a triple murder just happened uh, <laughs> there's so many more bodies you don't know about <laughs> yeah. uh and also like there's there's stuff like that throughout the movie where like i get that the news was spreading like slowly because it's the 80s yeah well, 70s whatever but yeah. like it was it was <laughs> that character of bud at the hospital the other emt yeah uh, he was pretty awful I like the actor, whatever, like he he was he's probably a fine enough person. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those like repellent 80s slasher characters who's just like gross and a perv. He's just and there a jerk. to be so that you have someone to be happy about dying. Yeah. I wrote when he did die, I was like, oh, he gets a like in the background silent death. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> like yeah. don't have to hear him anymore. Uh but that dude. At some point, he's like, man, everyone's acting all weird tonight. All this Michael Myers crap. And I was like, I get being jaded and cynical. Yeah. But, like, you're talking about a triple murder that just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know about it because you helped take one of the victims from the house mm-hmm. to this clinic hospital. Yeah. Like, it is directly affected your life. Yep. You have seen it. Yep. And you're still like, Bleh, mm-hmm. what of it? <laughs> like the way that everyone describes Haddonfield is this like sleepy little town where nothing ever happens. Like this is the craziest <laughs> thing that has ever happened in your entire life after the first time Michael Myers murdered someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that happened. Mm-hmm. You were probably like seven or something. Like however old, you know, I don't know how old these guys are supposed to be. But well, they would essentially Jimmy, be around Michael's age, 21. Yeah. They would be Jimmy's, a similar age. Jimmy said his younger brother was in school with, with Lori. Lori. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like they're probably Michael's age. Mm-hmm. So they were like seven-year-old kids when that first murder happened. Mm-hmm. They must have known about it in they some way. They were maybe his classmate? Maybe. But there's the next sequence has another great long take that is unfortunately focused on two of the dullest characters and conversation (laughs) in the world they're just talking about like oh well you need to drive me home like oh but if i drive you home then i might be late to get to the hospital and mrs alves will be awful mad but you did promise i guess i did okay and that's the scene Mm -hmm. like what did that accomplish nothing because the one girl the girl she drives home Never seen again. Yep. She doesn't exist in the rest of the movie. Nope. And the girl who does wind up coming to the hospital, I forget, is that Karen, right? Pretty sure that that's Karen. She was the one that's into Bud. Yeah, exactly. Like, her introduction when she rolls up and starts talking to Bud in the cafeteria, that's a perfectly fine introduction. Yeah. You didn't need this other thing. What the fuck was that about? Oh, you mean when Bud was smoking a joint in the fucking hospital? That's why he's so blasé about everything. I guess. He's just (laughs) stoned all the time. Like, murders, who cares? Whatever, man. (laughs) But, like, yeah, it was just silly that they, like, included that whole thing Mm. because it seemed like it was all a setup to show that boombox kid running into Michael Myers at the exact moment that the radio says that Laurie Strode was taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital mm-hmm. so that he gets a lead 
and yeah. starts walking towards the hospital. Yeah. That's the whole point of that scene. Uh-huh. Like, wow. You could have done that. Like, you didn't even need that to include. That boombox kid could have been anywhere else. I mean, they could have just started with the boombox kid running into Michael Myers. Why did you need the scene of the girls talking and going to the car? Oh, None true. of that mattered. Yeah. They could have just started on the kid going through the streets, passing people in costumes, and mm-hmm. then he bonks into Michael. Mm -hmm. And then Michael moves on, keeps going, Mm -hmm. cut out that dumb shit with those girls. But again, if you cut out all the dumb shit that I didn't give a shit about, this movie's like an hour long. Yeah. You know, like that. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's kind of a bummer that there's like so much like, oh, just get to the fucking point, man. All this extra bloat. Yeah, there's way too much. But yeah, that at the end, I like that he sort of blended in with the crowd as he's walking through that people kind of just don't even notice that Mm -hmm. he's there. Like, that's. An interesting thing that they never really went into in the original one. A fun thing. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then there's Garrett, the security guard I wrote, introduced solely to die. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> like, he's dumb. He's fat. Mm-hmm. He's clearly going to bumble fodder. his way to death <laughs> soon <laughs> enough. And that's really one of those things that bums me out about, like, this one specifically is how how much it feels like one of those shitty Friday the 13th movies where it's like, there's just loads of dummies mm-hmm. who like bumble and dumble around yeah. until the killer shows up and puts us out of their misery. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's it's really unfortunate that it kind of dumbs it down to a typical slasher sequel. Uh, and <laughs> the scene, like when Karen comes in and she's clearly into Bud mm-hmm. and I was just like, Ugh. Like, mm-hmm. That makes you less likable, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> but she talks to to Bud and Jimmy for a minute, and then she leaves. You know, she's got to go do her nurse shit. And then Jimmy and Bud have a conversation that I wrote felt like that they were having two different conversations. <laughs> Did you catch that? Because like, because yeah. Bud's sitting there and he's smoking his J, and he's like, "What the fuck ever? Who gives a shit?" It's when he starts singing "Amazing Grace," but like all dirty and pervy and whatever. Yeah, I could have done Jimmy, without that. Yeah, and Jimmy like gets in his face about it a little bit, and he's like, "Come on, Bud, what the, what's going on, man?" And he's like, "What shit? Who fucking cares, man?" And he's like, "That could have been Ziggy, my little brother Ziggy." Like, mm-hmm. and I wrote, "Ziggy? Really? The fuck, really?" But like, it could have been that, or it could have been your little brother, or you know, it could have been whatever. Like, why don't you care about that? Yeah. And then Bud responds with something that I feel like had nothing to do with that. He starts talking about like, oh, what? You got a thing for that girl. It doesn't work between patients. Uh, You know, don't have a relationship with the patients, Jimmy. You could do it with the nurses, but don't do it with the patients. And I was like, that wasn't what Jimmy was talking about. Like, he was talking about why you're being so blasé about the murders. Yeah. And you are talking about, like, banging nurses. Um, but Michael just wanders the hospital unseen. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no introduction of him to the hospital. There was something that happened at one point. I wrote, wait, was he in her car? Like, it looked <laughs> Oh, like- no, 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 no. Yeah, that's right. Karen shows up. Yeah. And she closes the door behind her. And Michael's face is in the rear view. Yeah. I'm pretty certain that's meant to be that he was standing at the back of her car. It's just the angle of her rear view yeah. looks, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It was a weird shot. A lot of it is weird. And a lot of it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this. It's the same mask from the first movie, but it's been like sitting around and getting yellow and just looking terrible. And it's like they did nothing to touch it up. Yeah. 
Because it looks like, like shit. It looks brown. Repaint it. Seriously. You can't I, go and get that same paint? Yeah, like, it's so silly <laughs> that they that apparently, like, there's all this talk, all this, like, uh, Halloween legend of, like, oh, uh, Nick Castle used to keep it in his pocket in between takes during the first movie so that you know wore down the paint job and all that and then also deborah hill the producer had it in her house for the last you know couple years and it was just collecting dust and she was a heavy smoker so it like yellowed the mask and all that so Uh, they so they give all these like excuses for it yeah but never explain why they couldn't just fucking paint it again yeah (laughs) like if it would have destroyed it then okay then you got to make a new one Mm -hmm. but like just being like how about this piece of shit like, yeah. can we just throw this on some dude's face? Like, I guess so. Let's do it. And it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And it does not help that I'm also going to go out on a little bit of a limb. And I don't want to necessarily, like, disparage a man, especially because I, I think he may have died. But Dick Warlock is not a good Michael. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't walk the part. Mm-mm. And there's a very specific thing where, like, again, this Halloween lore and all that where people were trying to, like, ascertain you know, which masks were used and was that the original mask? Was this a new mask? All that kind of junk. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, it sucks that they used a different mask in part two. And then they're like, no, it's the same mask. It's the fact that Dick Warlock's head is bigger and like thicker Mm -hmm. than Nick Castle's. So the mask doesn't fit right. Mm -hmm. So it looks like shit. And it like, (laughs) there's no gap. Yeah. Near the eyes, which is what made it work for Nick Castle because you couldn't see his eyes very well mm-hmm. in the like blackness that kind of comes from how the mask yeah, the, sat like, shadow. Off. Of yeah, his, the mask kind of yeah. sits off his face and, and shadows his eye sockets. Mm-hmm. But with Warlock, it's clearly too tight mm-hmm. and it's just right on his skin. So his eye is right there <laughs> and it looks awful. Yeah. Just awful. I really can't stress that enough. I do not <laughs> like it at all. Like, that's one of the yeah. biggest things about this movie. Also, is like, he never did the sit-up. That's true. He did not, and that's a bummer. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I always like that. It's always <laughs> one of my favorites, the power sit-up. Yes. That's the greatest. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, either way, now that I'm done ranting about the fucking mask. Uh, Michael's wandering these halls. I love that he goes into the, like, nursery thing. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, another moment where I was like, what the fuck? There's babies here? How are there babies here? <laughs> like, multiple babies. Yeah, so many where babies. Where are their parents? <laughs> yeah, but, like, either way, the fact that he walks into the room with the babies and they don't even try to give a glimpse of, like, is he maybe looking at those babies? Oh, no. Because mm-hmm. they kind of do that in, in that 2018 one where he walks past that crib and mm-hmm. he gives, like, a glance. And you're like, No. <laughs> and he just like keeps going. You're like, oh, okay, that's a close one. Babies he are might off go for the baby. Yeah. So in this one, for they don't reason. even really, they don't even hint at it. You know, mm-hmm. like they're just in the room and whatever. But I did notice that none of the babies cry or make noise or whatever. So I was like, oh, so the dogs can sense evil, but babies can't. Dogs one, babies zero. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> they. Uh, I think this was about the time that I wrote. Michael's biggest advantage is that people are oblivious. Oh yeah, they are. They have such tunnel vision mm-hmm. that he could just walk from room to room. They like uh, what's what's the equivalent of of hearing for tunnel vision too? Where like nobody can hear doors, yeah. or walking, no, nope. or <laughs> any of that shit. He's but it's just a hospital, silent. so people are always moving around. But there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's that's an absurd 
thing that he's able to sneak around this place, especially with like, you know, maybe sneaking around a suburban house. Okay. Yeah. Fine. But sneaking around empty, long hallways, like any noise he makes is going to go like, click, click, click. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, they're going to hear it at some oh, point. Yeah. You're going to hear the fucking echoes of like a squeak. Is this like shoe squeaks or something like, mm-hmm. come on. And then the phones go out because yeah. obviously Michael's there and he's going to make the phones go out. But I I wrote, the phones are out at the worst hospital in history. (laughs) Like, everything is going wrong. And then the head nurse is just like, oh, that's nothing you need to worry about. And so I guess it's because of the phone line. I kind of got confused in this next sequence when when the security guard, uh, you know, bumbles his way to his death. Yeah. I could not understand what he said. He's starting the scene. He's throwing his coat on. He's talking to that nurse. And he's like, Ugh, I'm going to go outside and check the. And I wrote, check the what? Pole? It sounds like he says pole or pole. Or it's clearly something with a P. Yeah. And it sounds like it has an L. I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, and he's maybe like, oh, I guess the- I'm going to go check it. So now I'm thinking, like, OK, maybe the pole, like yeah. the phone line or whatever. Yeah. And he just gets distracted. And that's why he never goes and does that. Yeah. Because I was like, OK, so he's going to check the pole, whatever that is. I guess I'll see in a second when he gets there. And then he's looking through a dumpster. And then he goes to the storage shed. And I'm like, what? Where is this pole yeah. that you're supposed to be checking? I don't even know. What are you talking about? Yeah. You Dope. My assumption it is that it w- he was going out to check to see if anything happened to like the telephone pole. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean that's now the, the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I too questioned him looking <laughs> through the dumpster. Yeah, like what is that? What's, what's like, it going to be? The phone lines are in the dumpster, guys. I'll just pull uh, them out and put them back. Uh, they always uh, get in there somehow. <laughs> Those are rascals. Like, uh, getting distracted because that storage area was open. Yeah, that's That something. I understand. Like, like you're the, was, you're the only noise. security guard for this whole hospital. Like, you're the one that has to check on that. <laughs> yeah, that is your job. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the dumpster's like, oh, no. It's like, it, it's a cat in the end. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, literal cat scare. Mm-hmm. Boo. Boo. Did not like it. Booed the movie for it. But also, it's just like, oh, no, there's a sound coming from the dumpster. It's probably, like... A possum or a raccoon or a cat or something. None of which is your problem. Yeah. Who fucking cares? You're not animal control. Seriously. Unless he is. Unless he's also (laughs) animal control for the hospital. Yeah. We don't know. (laughs) He's the phone guy. He's the security guard. Um, One thing that I did love, though, because it like... Just because of how hilariously it backfires in that idiot's face. So when he throws the fucking radio to the nurse mm-hmm. to be like, and call me on this or I'll call you on this in five minutes or whatever when I'm done with whatever. Yeah. And she's like, but Mr. Garrett, I don't even know how this works. And he just kind of like gives her a look and goes out the door. I kind of like that he's like calling her bluff a little bit. Like it kind of it, it made me think that the scene was going in a way of her just being like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, I don't even know how to work it. And then he was yeah. just kind of like, come on. Yeah. And then leaving and then her being like, shit, fine. All right, I'll do it. I do know how to work it, but he <laughs> called my bluff. But then later when he needs help and he's calling to her and on her end, it's just like, Mr. Garrett, I don't know how it works. I was yeah. like, you doomed yourself by not teaching mm-hmm. her how to work the fucking radio. And others because he said to call the sheriff. But I do really like uh, Garrett's death. Him getting the claw end of the hammer <laughs> into the head, I think, is a pretty killer, like, slasher kill. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice that it's, like, it's kind of brutal in how quick it is. It's just like, yeah. blam, and cut, and, he, and he's, he's gone. He's yeah, he's dead. gone. He's done Uh So I thought that was pretty tight. And that's when Hunt and Loomis 
now they're teaming up to kind of figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. The small mob that forms at the Myers house, that's probably one of the last things that I really liked in the movie, just in terms of, or no, no, there's one more thing that does happen that I really, really liked. This one, though, I did (laughs) dig just like that concept. Mm -hmm. And as much as he, you know, has to be like flowery and poetic about it, I liked Loomis's little thing. He's like, it's a tribe. One of their members was butchered. This is a wake. You know, like, and it's kind of like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. But just like the people fucking trying to take out the house where this guy used to live because they know he's the one who killed these kids. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a fun angle to take. And it's another one of those things that makes me look forward to this Halloween kills because that's the direction they're sort of going. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. I'm really pumped to see a mob of people like, where's this fucking guy? Because there's another attempt at something similar to this. In Halloween 4. Oh, no. It is hilarious. It is one of my favorite things in the whole series. Oh, goody. Uh, <laughs> so this one is more just a little precursor. Tossing rocks and shit and breaking up the house. Um, and then that's the moment when they learn that they probably killed Ben Tramer. This movie generated the most notes for me. <laughs> I would say a solid at least 60 to 70% of my notes mm-hmm. are questions. <laughs> One question asked multiple times was like only one blank for the whole hospital. (laughs) Like only one doctor for the whole hospital. Only one security guard for the whole hospital. Why is he the maintenance guy too? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I am enraged by this hospital. Yeah, it's it's the worst hospital in history. No doubt. Um, And then there's a really brief little thing that shows a flashback. Of young Lori and young Michael mm-hmm. that I do not like. Mm-mm. Do not like it. Do not understand it. Is it a dream? Like, what Is I it like know, a repressed memory of hers? Okay, because later they explain when, when Nancy is explaining to Loomis what the deal is. Where mm-hmm. they're like, there was a secret file. Nobody knew about it. The judges ordered it sealed after the death of Michael's parents. They never go into that. Yeah. They don't go into what killed them because essentially, like, obviously, Lori has to have been born in the Myers family, mm-hmm. but then get adopted by some other family mm-hmm. before she had the ability to, like, really form the memories of, like, I am a Myers mm-hmm. and this is our home and my family and my brother killed my sister. And th- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So she would have had to have been, like, way young. And they say that she was two years younger than him. I thought they said that she was two when it happened. Oh, was that it? I think that's what it was. What just didn't make any sense was why a, like, seemingly, how old would you say that girl was? Six? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. something like that in that age bracket. Mm-hmm. Why was she visiting Michael? Yeah. Why would she do that? If, if she his was... parents died shortly after he was committed. And she got adopted by another family. Why would that family bring her to see Michael? I have no idea. It is so absurd. There's no reason for that flashback to exist. Yeah. Like that scenario, there's no way that that happened. Yeah. So it happening is just ludicrous. Like, I really, really don't like that. I don't like the idea that she had ever been in contact with him other than like if she was at home. Yeah. Then maybe. But the idea that it's like, oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, my murderer brother. Oh, yeah. Because that's what it's, it seems like she remembers by the mm-hmm. end of the movie. Because Loomis never tells her right. that she is his sister. 
But when he's coming to murder her, she goes like, Michael. And he like stops. And it was like, what? Did she just intuit that? Yeah. Was she just suddenly like, oh, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am his sister. He's my, okay. And his name is Michael. Okay. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for her to remember that at the end. Yeah. Uh, and the whole, just again, the whole sister brother thing. I don't like it. Mm-mm. It's like, it's, it's okay in H2O because you're so far removed. Yeah. You know, like it's been 20 years and Loomis isn't in it anymore. And this is kind of like a reboot before reboots were popular kind of thing where they were mm-hmm. like we're gonna ignore some of these sequels and we're just gonna do our own thing yeah so like okay fine you just kind of roll with like and he's her brother whatever <laughs> but in that see in this movie the reveal and the whole deal it's just dumb yeah it's just like this was a bad idea and john carpenter admits it like he helped write the script and he admits you know that that the whole brother sister thing is a terrible idea that he never should have done <laughs> well at least he can admit to his mistakes uh and then he kills bud and karen obviously uh bud getting that background like through the frosted glass strangling yeah was uh, was nice that he that we didn't have to hear him anymore he was yes. just dead uh, and then Karen gets the oh. the unfortunate. Uh, oh, it was so gross. The, the death scene was gross and it was over the top. No, but her but kissing his hand yes. and getting all like sexy time with Michael Bud. That's was... what I was talking about <laughs> being gross. Yes, it is like, very gross. Scalded, scalded alive, like scalded slash drowned. Yeah, like that's waterboarded oh. to death, violently waterboarded to death with in a boiling water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a rough death. Yeah. But licking Kiss, his yeah, hand. Yeah, licking and kissing on Michael's oh. hand and stuff. Yeah, it's oh, definitely gross. so gross, so uh. gross. That <laughs> hand is so dirty. Yeah, and oh. the, like the whole thing just makes me feel really bad for Karen uh, because of the way that like the fact that he just stands there, he like puts her hand on her shoulder. She assumes it's Bud. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, not right now. I got to get back to work. And then he just stands there not saying anything for a while. Mm-hmm. And she's like kissing on his hand. And she eventually apologizes yeah. She's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, oh, shit. This relationship really sucks. Yeah. Like, this dude really, like, this is a thing where he just gives you the silent treatment when you do something he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And then you apologize to him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a shitty fucking relationship. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Uh, but then, yeah, she gets it with that really hardcore scalding death moment, which... Again, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of. Again, it feels more like a like a Jason mm-hmm. thing or something. And then, like I'd mentioned earlier, there's that whole school scene where they find that Michael broke in and mm-hmm. stabbed a knife into a kid's drawing of a family on the sister and wrote Sam Hain on the chalkboard. And that's all more shit that it just does. I don't I don't buy it. Why would he take a detour to go to this fucking school? Yeah, and to when? break in and leave a when? leave a word that means nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't relate to the situation. If it had been like Sam Hain, it means sister in whatever. Or if it had somehow yeah. related, but it was like Sam Hain, it's a festival. It's a thing. Like, did Michael know about these festivals? What did he read about him in an encyclopedia when he was in the sanitarium? How does he even know about Sam Hain? Yeah. What is it? Was it because of you? Yeah. Did you talk to him about it? <laughs> you put all this shit in his head. It's all your monologuing, Loomis. Yeah, Loomis, <laughs> God damn it, your monologuing fucked us again. Oh. <laughs> uh but so loomis gets ordered back to smith's grove yes which i i like the way that that scene developed just because he was like ah fuck it tell him you couldn't find me i gotta find him and Mm -hmm. then her little like trump card thing of like no there's a marshal outside like we know you're here like uh, that was admirable yeah (laughs) to try to get away with it and like keep her clean 
Yeah. You know, like, just say you couldn't find me. And she's like, no, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we found you. <laughs> uh, and so they're going to take him back. So Jill goes, she finds Dr. Mixture. He's got a needle in the eye. Mm-hmm. And then Michael puts a needle in her temple and gives her an embolism and mm-hmm. kills her. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, maybe that isn't Jill. The blonde one is Jill. I forget their fucking names. Who cares? Yeah. All these medical deaths. I don't I don't care for it. I don't yeah. just I let him use a knife. Let him slash some people. Come mm-hmm. on. This is kind of like, silly. At the very least, like, just give him a fucking scalpel. Then. Yeah, like he uses a scalpel later. I thought those were the like shears or whatever that Karen had in her pocket that she like threatened to use on Bud. I mean, I know that it was a scalpel at one point. Okay. Either way. I mean, either just, way. It's just yeah, some just sort of slashy the, thing. Just let him keep the scalpel then. Let the slasher slash. Seriously. And not do complex medical things. Like, he had to tap in mm-hmm. to Mrs. Alves' like, mm-hmm. veins to drain her. Like, he knows how to do that? Like, that's not a thing that, like, just you can just do. Yeah, and, like, what did he do to her? Did he, like, knock her unconscious and then hook her up to the thing to drain her to death while she slept? Like, yes? I mean, slept, but yeah. was unconscious or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, or or he just did that to her and she died that way. Like, I don't, I don't even understand exactly what he did to her. Uh, and then he falls for the pillows trick like a dope. Mm-hmm. I wrote it was clear what was going to happen. Oh yeah. But again, another example that the house of horrors that he sets up is in no way intended for Lori. No. It's not like he's going to corral her towards it. And have her go through it and see the terror that he has wreaked. Yeah. She just happens upon it later because he was going to murder her right then and there. Oh, absolutely. Like, it doesn't seem like she's that important. Like, obviously, he was coming to kill her, but all of his theatricality, none of it has to do with her. I say it's all for Loomis. And then there's just this long extended sequence of Michael and Lori wandering the abandoned hospital. And then she eventually (laughs) just collapses. And that's the first of those like, and then she passes out and we move on to something else for a while. Curls up into a ball, leaning against the wall, just inside a door. Yeah, no way he's going to see that. Uh, And uh, Jill and Jimmy meet up because everyone else is missing. Jimmy literally says, I can't find anybody. But the way he says it makes it seem like it's just sort of odd and not terrifying. Yeah. Like, hey, everyone who works here is gone. Yeah. What happened? He's just like, you should look for people. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't find them, go drive to the sheriff. Yeah. It's like, no, that's just what you should be doing at this exact moment. Yeah. You've already been looking for people. You did the looking already. You've done that. (laughs) Move on to the escaping. For the love of God. Uh, and then, yeah, Jimmy finds Mrs. Alves drained with the blood all over the floor. He slips mm-hmm. and knocks himself out. I wrote, he knocks himself out or he dies. Who cares? Whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Both. He shows up again for a moment, clearly with, like, the worst concussion possible. But that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and what I really did like was that Jill goes out to the car mm-hmm. and tries to start it and doesn't start. You know, it's something fucked up. Mm-hmm. She gets out. She sees that her tires are slashed, that there's some sort of liquid draining from the back of her car. Like, oh, fuck, her car's been fucked up. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, so he knew that she would be the one who'd be running out there to try to escape. And he, and mm-hmm. he, and he disabled her car. Mm-hmm. And then they show every car in the parking lot's been fucked up. Yep. And that is probably the last thing that I really, really liked was that he was just like, well... Just in case. Yeah. And he just. Someone's going to try to leave. Yeah. And <laughs> nobody's going to be able to just. That's so devious and awesome. Mm-hmm. Like a clear moment of like, oh, that wasn't intended 
for me specifically. It's for all of us. It, yeah, exactly. Like that's what makes it so much more terrifying. Like, oh, yeah. oh fuck. I really dug that. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's like these tiny little nuggets <laughs> sprinkled throughout the movie of like really cool Halloween movie shit. Yeah. It's just a kind of crappy movie wrapped around it. Yeah. Uh, and then Lori gets to see Jill bite it. When she comes back in and sees Lori crawling around and she's like, Lori, what are you doing? We need to go. Mm-hmm. And then Michael pops up and does the old scalpel in the back yep. and lifts her up in the air. Yep. Uh, very similar to Alan Arkin in Halloween H2O. Yep. When he pops out behind him and or Adam Arkin. Sorry, Alan Arkin's his dad. Adam Arkin. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, he yes. gets the knife in the back and like <laughs> lifts him up in the air. Very, very similar move mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always felt that Halloween H2O has some like specific callbacks. I'm pretty yeah. certain that they're that they're like intentional, like, oh, and this was kind of like that. And this yeah. is kind of like see, that. It's the same guy, you see? Yeah, see, everyone, <laughs> see? <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> I was not a fan of the silence in her death scene. Yeah. Because he that's... like pops out and he goes, and it's like, Ring! as he like gets the thing in her back and then dead silence. Yeah. And she's like, uh, 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 uh. and then it cuts in with a, in my opinion, and I feel like this again is going against the tr- like traditional horror fan like uh, party line. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this score. I thought it was too much. I thought they overdid all the great simple shit that the original one did. Mm-hmm. It was like every single like classic tune had like three or four totally extraneous instruments adding noise. Yeah, and it was just like unnecessary. God, just the like clink, 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 and the dennet, dennet. That's enough. <laughs> oh, and this yeah. one is like, oh, and then there's the bass over here, and there's fucking strings, and there's this, and there's that, and all that. And it's just like, we too brought much. in a whole orchestra. But yeah, it was like way too much because mm. the original movie was legitimately just John Carpenter. He yeah. just synthesized the fucking score, and it's brilliant. And then they way overdid it. And I thought this chase scene was like really overdone. Oh, yeah. Because I had a note earlier. Where I was like, is it just me? Am I being overly critical? Or does this score, is it just too much? <laughs> and then when this chase happened, I was like, no, yeah. It's oh yeah, it's way too much. Um, <laughs> that's when she finds the House of Horrors. Mm-hmm. And she gets to that elevator at the end of the fucking like corridor. And yes. I wrote, <clears throat> if he'd even just stroll, he doesn't have to run or jog. Mm-mm. Simply stroll. Mm-hmm. You could have caught up to her, mm-hmm. but he is literally, what's the best word? Ambling. I guess. <laughs> it is I like mean... whatever the word, whatever, like if, if, <laughs> if there's not moving at all and there's like shuffling slowly, he's whatever's between those. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, like she's right there. Mm-hmm. And he somehow doesn't catch up to her at the elevator. And then while the doors are closing and he's right there, he just kind of goes like, eh. <sighs> And he doesn't even try to stop it from closing. Yeah. Like, you'd think that he would, like, oh, like pull it open or something. But he's just like, eh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it really seemed like he was like, oh, they don't like it when you do that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, you know, if you pull on an elevator, it's said that it kind of messes with it. If you do he's that a, too many times. He's afraid of elevator doors. It's <laughs> the only he's thing never, Michael He's Mer- never been in one. He's yeah. like, what is this thing? Oh, I'm not putting my hand in there. <laughs> and then Lori gets out. Yeah. And I wrote, hey, she got out. Keep getting out. Mm-hmm. Do not hide again. What are you doing? The fact that she is like running 
And like, you know, you could probably assume that a lot of it has to do with adrenaline. Yeah. Since she's been like hobbling most of this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're riding that adrenaline. Just keep going. Just go, dude. Just hoof it back to town, man. <laughs> like you've left him behind. Yeah. He didn't have an easy doorway to get out of the hospital from where you left him. Mm-hmm. Which like, even though he's crazy and supernatural and all that shit or whatever the fuck. Like that at least gives you a tiny little advantage. Yeah. Just keep going. Do not get into a random car and curl up in the fucking <laughs> foot space and fall asleep again. Narcolepsy. Like that's the worst idea is to like get somewhere where you're going to get so comfy that you're going to fall asleep while a murderer is chasing you. Um, and so this is this was the whole sequence when Loomis and Nancy and the marshal are driving and she reveals, mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, he's her brother and this and that and whatever and blah, blah, blah. So Loomis goes insane yes. and he's like, well, we need to go back then. And he hijacks the fucking Marshall's car, mm-hmm. putting a gun to his head mm-hmm. and telling him to turn around. Mm-hmm. And he fires a warning, warning shot, shot out the window <laughs> to show the Marshall he means business. And then the Marshall turns it around and, and starts driving back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's a low level Loomis crazy moment yeah. when it comes to what comes later in this <laughs> series. Uh, but in this movie, you're like, what the fuck, dude? Like that is, you are going to jail now. Yeah. Like no matter what you do next, jail. you could save the day. Yeah. And you're going to jail. So like, what the fuck? So uh, the fact that he goes that far makes a little bit later that much more infuriating because there's still a little <laughs> bit to go to get to that ending part. Because Lori's in the fucking car and Jimmy, it turns out, is alive mm-hmm. and he wanders out to his car, clearly concussed. Oh, yeah. Sits down to try to leave. Talks some gibberish because his brain is scrambled. Mm-hmm. He tries to start the car. It doesn't work. He passes out, falls into the horn. It starts honking. She freaks out and like pulls him off of it mm-hmm. and then opens the door and falls out into the parking lot. Yeah. And sees Loomis show up with the marshal and Nancy and they go into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she only regains her voice to scream once they're already inside. Of course. Of course. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, if they had left it at her, like just not even having it in her anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's just ah. It's way more creepy if she's just like so fried mm-hmm. after all of this horror. Yeah. That she's it's does, been she a doesn't long even night. Yeah. Like that she just doesn't have it in her anymore. Like that would have been, I think, a better moment there. Yeah. So then the marshal turns into a real bro. Because <clears throat> he totally helps. Mm-hmm. He's like, he has no reason to actually help. Yeah. He still has his own weapon. Mm-hmm. And like moments after Loomis tells him, like, you go down this hallway. And you see if he's down there and we'll go down this hallway. And he immediately turns his back on the marshal mm-hmm. who could easily overpower this old man oh, and, yeah. just, and just end it there and be like, okay, now you're arrested too. Mm-hmm. Now we're all going back to Smith's Grove because mm-hmm. there's no evidence that anything has happened here because there's nothing, you know, right in the front there. There's, like there's, there's no reason there's, there's for him no to one believe. Here. Yeah, there's no reason <laughs> for him to believe that Loomis is right. Yeah. And he could easily have like just like and his back's to me and gotcha. Like he could have taken him in. But he's a real bro. Yeah. And he does what he's told and he goes and he's looking and Loomis and them are looking. They finally hear Lori screaming for help because she's crawling towards the hospital and Michael Mm -hmm. shows up and he's right behind her. So they get her inside. Michael comes up to the now locked glass doors Mm -hmm. and just walks straight through it. Mm hmm. In a way that is like, I'm assuming they meant for it to seem really menacing, but the way that he does it kind of looked like he didn't see it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I guess it's kind of a flex 
that he can just burst through glass like that. Mm-hmm. But the way that he did it on like, uh, you know, unintentionally it looked <laughs> makes it a little less cool. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, I'm coming for you. Oops. Oh, I guess I'm coming for you. Like <laughs> He didn't look very confident doing it. Yeah. But then he just like <clears throat> one thing I really don't get with Michael Myers in these specific movies, the first two movies. Well, I guess the first one, it's not as much of an issue because Loomis kind of like bull rushes him. He just like runs up and then he's like, oh, sh- 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 mm-hmm. he shoots him a bunch. But in this case, Michael's walking up to those glass doors and he can see that Loomis is in there who mm-hmm. surely has a gun because he had one earlier. Mm-hmm. And there's a marshal in there, surely has a gun. Mm-hmm. And he just walks through the glass and slowly walks towards both of them and just gets filled full of lead. Mm-hmm. Loomis just pumps another fucking like six rounds into him and he drops to the ground. And I'm like, what is Michael thinking? Like, what is his plan here? Because like, <laughs> if he could take the bullets... And keep walking mm-hmm. and go after them. Then it's like, oh, okay. But the fact that they can take him out for at least a bit. They, yeah, they just incapacitate him yeah, for but, a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the fact that it does that. It's like, why aren't you hiding or sneaking if bullets do in fact hurt you? <laughs> like if if you know, because like eventually with like Friday the Thirteenth and shit, Jason becomes like a living zombie man. So, like, you could, you know, throw a chainsaw through him and he'd just keep walking or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, that kind of shit, that's how that would roll. He would just roll right up to you because he's like, what are you going to fucking do? Yeah. But with this guy, it's like he's supposed to still be at least sort of a man. Mm-hmm. And yet he just walks into gunfire and gets taken out. And it's like, yeah, you dumb fuck. You're walking into <laughs> gunfire. What are you thinking? I mean. I don't get it. There wasn't much schooling in the mental hospital. <laughs> He never learned that guns are bad. He sees the gun and he's like, what's that? And then he gets (laughs) shot and he's like, ow, that sucked. He doesn't quite understand what has just occurred. Um, So then the most ridiculous thing, though, is that Michael's on the ground. He's been shot several times. The marshal's like, he's down. And Loomis is like, no, he's still breathing. But like, so Loomis is willing to go to jail, hijacking this marshal's car to get back to this hospital to stop Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. But he's not willing to walk up to him and just put a bullet in his fucking head. Mm -mm. Like, why not? Like, you are literally throwing away the rest of your life to come back to this hospital and end this guy. Mm -hmm. And you refuse to end him. Like, you'd think that at that point it'd be like, well, what the fuck? What do I have to lose? I'm going to prison. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Like, Dunzo. he's a murderer. At least then you'd be doing everyone a favor before yeah, like, you go. You might get a pardon. The, but the fact that he just lets him then <laughs> get up and murder the marshal and continue his murder spree mm-hmm. is like, Loomis, you had every opportunity to at least try to end this. Because, like, if you put the bullet in his head and he's and he gets up, then there's no winning this ever. Yeah. So you might as well just let him kill you or something or, yeah. or run away forever or something. But, like, at least there, then you know. You were definitive. Like, this is ending one way or another right now. Yeah. Either he dies or he will never die, and I will die next. (laughs) Uh, But he doesn't, and then the marshal gets his throat slit, and I cannot believe they used that shot in the movie where he's, like, sticking his tongue out. It's so campy and dumb, Mm -hmm. and I cannot believe that they looked at that and they were like, that's what we want. Yeah. Like, really? You want it to look like like someone's dad in their homemade horror movie? Mm -hmm. And then the killer cuts your throat, so you go like, That's what he does. Mm -hmm. It's so dumb. I hate it so much. It really, it just kills 
that whole ending finale of any like oh shit oh fuck like if he like if if, <laughs> if the marshal had like leaned over and he was just like i think he's dead and then michael like bam, like got him in the head or something you know just like stuck him with the scalpel in the forehead or something yeah. then you could be like oh shit and then like oh fuck and he's still alive but the fact that he just like grabs him pulls him down and slashes the throat and the <laughs> fucking marshal's like eh, like oh you look like job of the hut dying at the end of return of the jedi you suck oh i hate it so much so Lori and loomis run off hide in the major surgery suite michael breaks the door down gets in loomis tries to shoot him but he's out of bullets yeah which of course shit i already shot him six more times yeah like how many times do i have to shoot you michael 12 times like oh my god uh and loomis gets a nice gut stab mm -hmm. which is like in uh in a world where like in that first movie he's untouched mm -hmm. you know in the original if you're just looking at that movie Loomis is kind of more an outsider to the Michael attacks. Yeah. So him getting like face to face and getting a, a scalpel in the gut is kind of like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, that's kind of a big thing. Yeah. And he drops down. So then he walks towards Lori. That's when she calls him Michael. And I get confused. But so she calls his name. It stops him for a second. And then she shoots both his eyes out mm -hmm. with incredible accuracy. Insane. She is a dead shot considering that she like <laughs> didn't want to even take the gun yeah the fact that she gets both of them just blah blah yeah that's brilliant that's a good shooting uh and then um, the blood's coming out of the, the mask and it's a cool effect until he pulls his head back mm -hmm. and you can clearly see his like eyelids mm -hmm. and it's just like obviously there's no holes there and it's like mm -hmm. ooh, really mm -hmm. guys that's the best one okay fine <sighs> Uh, and then he's swinging his fucking scalpel around. They start turning on all the oxygen tanks to like confuse him. Yeah. Because now he can only hear. He can't and, see anything. And the like nitrous. Yeah. Well, yeah. All the, all the gases in the room, they kind of turn them on <laughs> so that there's hissing going on mm -hmm. and he can't find them. And Loomis tells Lori to get out of the room. She runs out into the hall. And then Loomis, uh, one thing I did kind of like, uh, he uses the lighter that Hunt gives him. Earlier in the movie, Hunt lights mm -hmm. a cigarette and then he hands the lighter to Loomis and Loomis takes it. Mm -hmm. But then something happens and they just move on. He pockets but he, it. <laughs> exactly. But he still has it. So he uses that to ignite the gases in the room and just blow the fuck out of everything. Yep. And it's just hysterical because in the moment, that's supposed to be the end. When they made this movie, that was the end of the Michael Myers saga. Mm -hmm. That's why Halloween 3 is completely different. Mm -hmm. They were never going to go back. At the end of this movie, Loomis and Myers both die. Mm -hmm. The sequels, though, like the fact that sequels come from this. Mm -hmm. Like, so you have to watch this movie, mm -hmm. see that huge explosion, that violently percussive, like That's ripping like things apart explosion. They both survive it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good thing that the rest of the hospital was empty. Yeah, right? But it's just so funny that that like, thing that's supposed to be so definitively, like, series ending, mm -hmm. that they have to be like, and they were okay. They made it? Both of them? Yeah. It's, it is, it's kind of hysterical in retrospect <laughs> that they pull that. Uh, and then in a moment that is both really cool and also just so 80s and bad, flame suit Michael. Mm -hmm. Like when he like him, the idea of Michael Myers, like walking out of that yeah. on fire and then finally like succumbing like he's supernatural, but not 
immortal. Yeah. It finally, that was just enough to actually take him out. Mm -hmm. It's just unfortunate. Like, it's a cool stunt in the way that, like, yeah, that's clearly a guy, and it is Dick Warlock oh, that's doing that stunt because he's a stunt man. So he did all the stunts. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's clearly a man walking out on fire. Like, that's a respectable special effect. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, He's clearly in a flame suit yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't look anything like a man no. that is not in a giant flame suit. Mm -hmm. So it looks kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's unfortunate, you know, like it's <clears throat> the two sides of the coin where it's like you respect the craft yeah. of the stunt thing, but also admit that in the movie, it looks like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oops. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So Michael's dead. We finally, we cut to... In the only time in the whole series, November 1st. Yeah. It's the morning of November 1st at the end of this movie. And it's like, oh, shit. That's actually, I think, the only time that ever happens in the whole series. Like, obviously, some of the other ones probably end technically yeah. on November 1st, like after midnight. Yeah. But none of them are actually in the morning. Like, yeah. it is now the first. Yeah. People are at work. Post-dawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I find the funniest, though, is that it uses the traditional slasher movie ending of like and now the heroine gets put into the ambulance to get taken away at the end of the movie mm -hmm. but this movie was set at a hospital so all you could think is like come on let's take you to a real hospital mm -hmm. and then they one with wheeler. more than one doctor yeah really but it's just so funny that it's like let's take you to the hospital like i was just in a hospital like yeah no we're going to a good one though. we're going to one that's not on fire <laughs> yeah i just think that's really funny that is Halloween 2, mm -hmm. the original Halloween 2. It's a good Halloween 2, and it's not even that good, but it's the good one of the both of them. <laughs> uh, do we ever find out where the fuck Lori's parents went? The Her parents were at the same party as someone else's parents. Right. And it's probably a key party. Probably. All these parents fucking each other while their kids get killed, and they're like, fuck, and now there's no key parties for anyone. Thanks mm. a lot, Michael Myers. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But I think that is going to wrap it up for the first week of uh, Halloween month here on Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. 